Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and today's episode tackles this vital question. How do you swim upstream when our culture is swimming downstream? In other words, how do you live a countercultural life? Good question, huh? I am so excited about this topic today. Yes, you know, I've really wanted to sink my teeth into some serious cultural issues in this podcast, again, like we did with that four-part series we did on worldviews and and episodes like, is Christianity just a religion of do's and don'ts? I love it digging into our culture and answering those types of questions. In this episode, we are going to do just that. We're going to give a broad overview of how to swim upstream when everyone around you is going downstream with the current, with our culture. This episode will set the stage for some of the deep topics we're going to keep covering in future episodes. In fact, this is going to be a multi-part series about how to swim the opposite way of our culture. In today's episode, we'll focus specifically on how scripture itself can help us to do that. The next episode, we're going to focus on some other practical steps that we can take to not be influenced adversely by our culture as Christians. And then I want to look at how culture ebbs and flows. We need to know what we are dealing with, how the enemy uses our culture to get us off track, to, to try to trip us up as believers. And we need to understand the right approach that we as believers should have when engaging with a very lost culture that that is antagonistic to our faith. So, you know, we'll see how many episodes this little series ends up being. I'm, I'm going to try to crank out some shorter episodes as well to, to make it easier for you to stay up to date and to give you this valuable content more consistently. So today, I want to hone in on how to go against the flow of our culture like Jesus did, like the disciples did and the prophets did, like you and your kids need to do if you want to stand strong in the faith. This episode will be revelatory for some, but for a lot of you, I think it's just going to remind and reinforce what you know and what you need to hear again. I sure need to hear it because things are... Things are getting rough out there, folks, and I'm sure I don't have to tell you that. Sometimes we get beat up for standing our ground, for staying true to God's way and God's word. That happened to me, actually, recently. It was uh, with a very dear friend, and and you know what? It it hurt, and that is bound to happen when you are swimming upstream. People are going to think that you are odd, and they will have all kinds of choice words to describe you. We need to have that expectation. And we need to give our kids that expectation as well. If our kids stay true to God's word and God's standard, our culture will not celebrate them. Our culture will accuse and and may even cancel them. Other Christians may accuse and even cancel them, but that's okay. It's all right. We stand in good company when we are accused and canceled for our faith. We really do. 
So in this episode, I want to share with you a beautiful little analogy that I found in the study notes of my Bible that perfectly sets the stage for this topic. And then I'm going to give you two very practical ways that we can use scripture to counteract the tide of our culture in our homes with our children. That's the plan. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. You know, I was kind of uh, licking my wounds after this recent painful encounter that I had, and I opened up my Bible, and I was reading the introduction to First Kings, and it really ministered to me. It became the theme of this episode. It was such a timely word. I want to share with you that intro for this topic. Here are the study notes for First Kings in my NIV Life Application Bible. Sparkling as it crashes against boulders along its banks, the river swiftly cascades towards the sea. The current grabs, pushes, and tugs at leaves and logs, carrying them along for the ride. Here and there, a sportsman is spotted in a kayak or a canoe going with the flow. Gravity pulls the water, and the river pulls the rest downward. Suddenly, a silver missile breaks the surface and darts upstream. And then another, oblivious to the swirling opposition, the shining salmon swim against the stream. They must go upstream, and nothing will stop them from reaching their destination. The current of society's river is flowing fast and furious, pulling downward everything in its way. It would be easy to float along with the current, but God calls us to swim against the flow. It will not be easy, and we may be alone, but it will be right. (laughs) 
Yes, this was a very timely word indeed. Reading this little introduction from from First Kings in my Bible was exactly what I needed to hear. I think we all need to hear it. So that is what we're going to talk about today. How to swim upstream to be one of those shiny salmon. I'm going to give you two ways to swim upstream by using scripture. So many of the warnings we see in scripture are about not being like the cultures that surround us. So many admonitions are about being separate, being in, but not of. How? Do we stay separate? How do we be in our culture, but not of our culture? How can we swim upstream in this downstream culture? Well, these guidelines will help you to swim upstream when everything else around you is swimming downstream. Number one, know the word. Mm Mm-hmm. We have got to know the word. I'm going to spend a little more time on this one because if we aren't standing on the word, then we aren't standing, at least not for long. We will be swept away by the current. If we are going to live God's way, we have got to know what his word says. We cannot live what we do not know. We've got to spend time in the word. We need to know what scripture says about the issues we face in our culture. We need to have a biblical worldview. I did a whole four-part series on worldviews. You need to check that out if you haven't. We need to consume the word and meditate on it. We need to to read it every day. And if we can, we need to do something that uh, we don't practice a lot in our culture anymore and certainly not in the church. Unfortunately, we need to memorize it and saturate our minds with it. I love Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12. It says, the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. That is a verse that I've memorized. So have my kids. Now, do you have to memorize scripture? No, you don't have to. Neither do your kids. You can be a Christian without memorizing a single verse. But let me tell you, when you put the word of God inside you, in your spirit, it changes you. Because it is alive, like Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 tells us. It it comes alive in you. It empowers you and enlightens you and strengthens you. And the truth of it saturates your soul and changes how you view the world, how you view our culture and and your family and your relationships and your life. It changes everything. It it just does. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, You know, but I'm really not good at memorizing stuff. I get it. You know, I I read an article a while back and it talked about how as a culture, we have become factose intolerant. (laughs) That cracked me up. We're adverse to committing things to memory these days, partially because, well, it's hard. Memorizing is hard, you know. But I think in a large part, we don't memorize because facts get in the way of where our culture wants to go. Scripture certainly does. And you know, I I haven't always been good at memorizing scriptures. I was actually quite bad at it for a very long time. I tried and I tried and I tried and I just couldn't get anything to stick in my head. But I have a couple of quick techniques that I want to share with you that will help you and your kids to memorize scripture. I mean, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like you won't even have to try that hard. That's how good these techniques are. This is the big one. Try using scripture songs. 
What is a scripture song? Well, it is straight up scripture set to music. It It is like the espresso of the worship world. It's not watered down. There's no filler. It's, it's straight word for word scripture set to music. You will be amazed at what you and your kids can memorize by listening to scripture that is set to music. You don't even, like I said, you don't even have to try that hard. Just listen to a scripture song consistently, like for a few weeks, and you will learn it without even trying. Put a little effort into it and you will learn it even that much faster. My kids and I have learned dozens, I'm not kidding, dozens and dozens of verses through music. And I haven't, you know, I haven't always done this. I have to tell you a funny story though. We started homeschooling uh, 10 years ago and we were, and still are, we are still doing this classical education that utilizes songs to help our kids memorize information like, you know, facts and dates and parts of the world and timelines, mathematical equations, Latin declensions, conjugations, um, and and Bible verses as well. So one of the first things my kids had to learn (laughs) were the parts of an animal cell. Those parts are, by the way, nucleus, cytoplasm, vacuole, mitochondria, cell membrane, and Golgi bodies. And I thought, there is no way, no way that my four-year-old is going to learn this. He's four. I can barely, I can barely pronounce these words, <laughs> you know. But anyways, we had this little song that we sang every day. I mean, it was, it's kind of silly. It was, what are the parts of an animal cell? Nucleus, phytoplasm, vacuole, mitochondria, cell membrane, and Golgi bodies. So that's what we did every day for, you know, a few days. And a few days later, my husband was making breakfast with my son and he cracked an egg. And my little guy, four years old, says, look, daddy, cytoplasm. And my husband was like, uh, what? (laughs) He excused himself and he Googled what cytoplasm was. And sure enough, the white of the egg is cytoplasm. And my four-year-old remembered it. Why? (laughs) because we sang a little song about it. And I was like, Eureka, this is genius. Why haven't I been doing this for like ever? And so my kids and I learned the entire chapter of Psalm 91 through a scripture song. We did. And and we learned John chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, which doesn't sound that impressive after telling you we learned an entire, like, whole chapter of Psalm 91, which was much longer. But here is what is impressive, that my kids and I learned this portion of John in English and in Latin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could never do that without a song. And we learned this not because we're brilliant. Trust me, we are not. It is because song registers in a different part of the brain than the spoken word. There is a reason why you can remember the lyrics to all those catchy Beatles tunes or or your favorite 80s hit or your favorite hymn. It goes to a different part of the brain. For little kids, you can use a second technique that I, I really like to use. You can combine scripture song with, with a little sign language, you know. Just look up some of the words online. I'll post a link where you can find someone who does different words and motions for you. And, you know, you 
you learn, you get to do double duty there. You're learning another language at the same time you're learning scripture. It's like a double score. It's awesome. Or you can just, you know, make up a motion. It's not really about the motion. It's just, it, it triggers another part of the brain. They love it. Older kids, um, no, not so much. They think it's a little bit juvenile. But you know what? <laughs> I gotta tell you this. In my Socratic logic class that I'm taking this semester in seminary, I memorized 40 nine fallacies in order of relevance in a single week by singing them. Mm -hmm. One group of fallacies I put to the tune of the Brady Bunch. I'm not kidding. And because I kept getting stuck in some places, I used sign language and some hand motions. When I, I, I couldn't remember the next fallacy, I could remember the motion that went after that motion and it jogged my memory. And my brain got unstuck. It's amazing using these kind of techniques, especially with little kids. You know, after a while, you just drop off the sign language. You don't have to use it once the song gets good and in there. But using both of those techniques, we have memorized so, not just scripture, so many things, but scripture is the most important thing that we could ever learn. So use songs and sign language or, or hand motions to help your little kids learn the word and your big kids and you. Where do you find scripture songs? I'm so glad you asked. I happen to have some on my website as a free resource. If you subscribe, I will send you those songs in the introductory email. I've made them myself. I'll also post some other resources from people who create scripture songs like professionally. And by that, I mean, like, not just in their kitchen with a $40 mic from Best Buy. But, hey, you know, it really doesn't matter how fancy the song is it in order to get the job done. And, by the way, I have upgraded my mic significantly since the, since I first started. And my songs are really, they're, they're pretty cool. I think you'll, I think you'll love them. But nothing is going to help you and your kids stand strong against the tide of this downstream culture more than the Word of God. Nothing. So let's learn it. Mamas and papas, let's teach it to our kids as well. Number two, learn from those who swam upstream before us. Mm -hmm. We need to learn from those who have already done this. This is a fun one, really, because I love stories, especially inspirational stories and even cautionary tales. The Bible is full of them. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. The stream of our culture may appear to be right, but it is flowing downward towards death. The story of scripture is the story of those who swam upstream. It's the story of Abel who gave an acceptable sacrifice when his brother Cain didn't. And, and Abraham who picked up everything and moved to an unknown land in order to follow the call of God on his life. It's the story of Joseph who found himself in a pit and then refused to fool around with Potiphar's wife and found himself in a prison. It looked like he was at the bottom of the pit again, but God turned that story around and put him in a palace. Mm -hmm. Scripture is the story of Isaac, the promised child who came when all hope was lost. And after Abraham and Sarah swam downstream trying to produce the promised child the world's way, 
Scripture tells the story of, of Jacob, who was a liar and cheat, heading downstream, but then he wrestled with God and swam the other way. It's the story of Moses, a prince of Egypt, who encountered God's voice in the desert and led his people out of slavery. They'd been in captivity for 400 years, and God picks this guy with a shady past who stuttered to swim upstream with all of the slaves. It's the story of Hannah who believed God could overcome her barrenness and Rahab, a prostitute who trusted God and Ruth, who left her people to follow the one true God and Esther, who was called for just such a time as this. And all the prophets, <laughs> they all swam upstream. It's the story of John the Baptist who, who lived out in the desert and liked to eat insects and honey. Yeah, that guy swam upstream. It's the story of Mary who said yes to God. And his plan, knowing that it was going to bring her ridicule and shame. It's the story of Peter, a brash guy who denied Jesus to save his life. Yep. Mm -hmm. Peter was swept up in the current there, but he eventually was crucified upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy to die right side up like his savior. Wow. That is a serious swimmer there. Peter finished so well. It's the story of Paul terrorist who became the greatest evangelist the world has ever known. And of course, the ultimate fish swimming upstream was God himself. It was Jesus. I, I love some inspiring stories of people swimming upstream. But you know, scripture is also the story of those who swam downstream. It's the story of Cain who could have pleased God, but he wanted to do things his own way. That is what our culture teaches us to do. Like like the Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. That is one of our culture's greatest hits. Cain, Cain sang that tune and it did not end well. Scripture tells us of Esau, a wild donkey of a man who wouldn't let God tame him. And Lot, who kept inching closer and closer and closer to the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he and his family became like the culture that was around him. They got swept up in the current. And Saul, who cared more about, about what his followers thought of him than what God thought about him. Can you only imagine if Saul had been on, on Instagram or Facebook? Yeah, he would have had a lot of followers, I'm sure. He was, he was tall and good-looking. He swam downstream. And he got deplatformed, not by society, by God. It is quite the cautionary tale. Scripture tells us, you know, the story of Caesar and the Pharisees and Pilate and Judas. All of these guys were swimming downstream. Most of the kings of Israel and, and Judah were swimming downstream while the prophets were swimming upstream. That hasn't changed. Many. Perhaps even most of our political and cultural leaders today are swimming downstream. They are. Don't be swept into their current. Look to these people in Scripture who swam upstream. Learn their stories. Teach these stories to your kids. Let these great men and women of Scripture become your kids' heroes and yours.
So these first two tips, knowing the word and implementing those very simple practical tips for learning scripture, and then focusing on those countercultural characters in scripture, these guidelines are foundational. And when you talk to your kids about those great Bible heroes, be sure to discuss how they were countercultural. Talk about the opposition they faced and how they answered to a higher power. God put those stories in the Bible for a reason. We need to emulate these people in our own time. And, you know, you should branch out a little bit with that second tip as well, beyond scripture, and talk to your kids about countercultural historical figures like, like Eric Liddell, the missionary who was a runner and would not compete on Sunday. He was the subject of the Oscar award-winning film Chariots of Fire. You know, he had a very strong religious conviction about not running on the Sabbath. So he ran in a race that he hadn't trained for in the Olympics, and he won (laughs) a gold medal. Oh, man, I love that story. Talk to them about men like Jim Elliott, who's a great missionary to Ecuador, who gave his life to share the gospel. He was murdered in his efforts to share Jesus with people who did not know God, and his wife, Elizabeth forgave the very men who killed her husband and was instrumental in bringing this whole tribe of indigenous people to Christ. Yeah, you know, talk to your kids about those guys and gals. They're so, so inspiring. Now, in the next episode, we are going to continue with this theme, and I'll give you some more guidelines on how to swim upstream. But first, we've got to know the word and draw inspiration from it for the challenging situations we face in our lives. I hope these tips and reminders help you to do just that. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, I know. Maybe you could put some Christian Parent Crazy World flyers up in the bathrooms at your church. You know, yeah, you know, a captive audience is a really good thing. Just, just a thought. Uh, And be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Katherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, 
and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air, they're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.